1: Everybody, welcome to the 19th episode of the Jen Jag podcast. I'm Jordan DeLugo. I'm here with my co host Scott Klein, who unfortunately without Hunter Evans this week, our third co host, but that's all good. Make sure to go give him some crap for not being here over on his Twitter handle at Hunter underscore Evans underscore seven. Again, this is the Jen Jag podcast. You can find us online at jenjag.com. Make sure to check out our social media. You can find us at uh, at Generation Jaguar on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter at Generation Jag. We have had a whirlwind of a show. Er, excuse me, of a show. is not what I was trying to say. A whirlwind of a week for the Jaguars for the roster turnover. There's just been an amazing amount of uh, amazing amount of roster moves that have happened in the last week. Um, the Jaguars re-signed four players. Defensive tackle, Avery Jones, wide receiver Aurelius Ben. Offensive tackle Josh Wells. Offensive guard slash center. He's just really an interior lineman, Tyler Shatley. The Jaguars will say they re-signed Chad Henney, but they really just restructured his contract. They cut Jared Audrick. They agreed to trade a 2018 seventh round pick to Miami for 32-year-old left tackle Brandon Albert. And finally, They agreed to trade Julius Thomas for a two thousand seventeen seventh round draft pick. That's happened since the last time we met a week ago. I can't wait to see what's going to happen this week. I mean, my goodness. That is just incredible. So we're going to get into this. Last week's episode, we were able to touch a little bit on Avery Jones and Aurelius Ben. So we won't spend too much time on them, but we'll just again remind you. Jones is a former undrafted free agent. Uh, He really came on strong in 2016 uh, when Roy Miller went down to injury. Avery had to end up starting a whole bunch of games. And according to myself and many others around uh, that follow the Jaguars closely, I believe Avery Jones is now now the starter over Roy Miller. I think he's better than Roy Miller. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I mean, he's
0: got youth on his side. He showed when... Roy Miller went down, he was more than capable of filling that role. Um, he to me he brings more of a penetrating force than, than Roy Miller. Miller is than yeah. he would Well, he's just he eats up space. You know, he invites double teams. Um he, he'll, he'll get a sack or two throughout the season, yeah. but not nearly as, as disruptive in in the past game as Avery Jones is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we're really excited to have Avery back. I think that was the most important signing, but I believe all three of the other signings that took place have been important as well. Aurelius Ben is a special team star, really good in kickoff coverage, and uh, Hunter loves him. Some interior lineman. Yeah, he's, he would be over. The, yeah. yeah, I think he's over the
0: moon with these with the other two guys we signed. We yeah, our signed.
1: co-host Hunter, we said he's not here. He has some sort of banquet, unimportant banquet that he's <laughs> attending instead of being here. But he's all about the offensive line, and he would be happy, I'm sure, to talk about Josh Wells and Tyler Shatley, But we'll try to do that to the best of our ability here. Josh Wells is an offensive tackle, former undrafted uh, player, I believe, 2013 or 2014. He was uh, he was a rookie, and uh, the Jaguars signed him as an undrafted free agent. He uh, quickly became a coach's favorite, he's versatile, he's a good swing tackle, and uh, he's just key depth. It seems like there's going to be a lot of turnover in terms of the Jaguars starters on the offensive line, so I think it's a good idea to keep a lot of the same depth guys, not only because they're quality players, but also just to have a little bit of continuity behind the starters. I mean, if somebody goes down, you don't want another new player filling in for them. And
0: and it's a guy where if a new guy's in the building, this guy's been studying the playbook, playing the position for the last couple years. Yeah, they can they can show him you know slight variances in what Doug
1: Rohn's looking for. Now he's not the
0: offensive line coach, but yeah, there
1: might be some changes, but I don't expect there to be sweeping changes in the offensive line tactics. Um, So yeah, I agree with you. So Wells is on the outside he'll play tackle left right doesn't matter Tyler Shatley on the other hand is an interior lineman who has a really similar story to Wells I mean same thing undrafted free agent signed by the Jaguars as a rookie has been with the Jaguars ever since I believe he was 2014 class um he's filled in for the Jaguars before starting he's started four games um He's in more quality depth, and he can play guard or center, and that's just key—the versatility, and not only being able to do it, but it, being able to do it at a fairly high level at all three positions on the interior line. Uh, it's it's good to have him around.
0: Versatility is so valuable. Yeah, I mean, you could have three starter, one of three starters go down, and you've got one guy that can play all of them. And they seem to to like the guy a lot. Yeah. They they like both of these guys. Yeah,
1: Wells and Shatley have commonly been referred to as coaches' favorites. Obviously, it's not all the same coaches. But, you know, Marone's still around. Marone knows what these guys can do. And, um, yeah, it's good to have him back. Obviously, Tom Coughlin said there's going to be an emphasis on the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. Clearly, with signing Avery Jones... Uh, and then going and shoring up two two strong backups on the offensive line, he's sticking to his word on that.
0: Yeah, and free agency, free agency hasn't even hit yet. So yeah. we're, we're
1: about to see a lot more changes, I feel like. Yeah, now the Jaguars will say they re-signed Chad Henney. Some uh, media outlets will also say the Jaguars re-signed Henney. But what they did is restructured his contract, so his cap number wasn't as big this year. <laughs> I don't have any idea... Except for, I guess, just to make Chad Henney feel better. Why the Jaguars would say they re-signed him. Uh, It's just
0: saving face in public.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a polite way of saying we told him he's going to make less money or he's not going to be a Jaguar.
0: Yeah, that's about it. Yeah,
1: so that's nothing to be up in arms about. A lot of people are still unhappy that the Jaguars did that. Seemingly because people believe that that move... Means a Chad Henney will be on the Jaguars for sure in 2017, and b that the Jaguars aren't going to be bringing in any competition. Yeah, no. I don't believe the Jaguars are going to bring in any competition.
0: Yeah, they they seem pretty. I bad. really
1: don't. Uh, aside from maybe a mid to late round rookie, but that's not really competition. Yeah, that,
0: he, that's not going to be. Well, it has the very slight potential depending on who it is. Small small chance. Play yeah, but it could be. Yeah, it's,
1: you never know when you're going to get Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott yeah, in the middle of the draft. Um, but those guys come around once in a
0: blue moon. You can't rely on somebody like that to come in and...
1: Yeah, you shouldn't be like, over. oh, we're going to draft a quarterback in the fourth round and he's going to be our savior. Yeah. Yeah. If you get lucky, yeah, he could be. <laughs> but um, So that also ties in in terms of the line of scrimmage with uh, Jared Audrick. Um. He was released by the Jaguars on... did not
0: seem too upset about <laughs>
1: On Monday. Was it Monday or was it yesterday? I, th- I, think, I think it was th- yesterday.
0: Well, all, these days, it was. all these days, one weekend. You know,
1: we're writing so many damn stories on GenJag.com, I can't remember which happened on what day. But anyways, um, yeah, the Jaguars parted ways with Jared Odrick and Jared Odrick, of course, in typical Jared Odrick fashion... Got a great picture of himself (laughs) on on the the phone with the Jaguars getting cut while he's standing uh, at the beach, I don't know, somewhere in the Caribbean probably, maybe the Bahamas. It was Monday. And, uh, (laughs) so it was Monday. We've got the confirmation. (laughs) So he's standing there talking on the phone with the Jaguars, pointing at the phone, you know, all jacked. You know, he's not your typical big man. He's a lot more (laughs) muscle than fat. very Um, lean. And... uh, (laughs) He didn't look too upset about it, and he's the type of guy that, uh, along with another, well, along with two other guys that the Jaguars signed in 2015 as free agents, that really hasn't seemed to be happy and hasn't seemed to be a fit in Jacksonville. Um, I
0: think he he's a smart guy. He knows the business. Yeah, and it's not. I don't think he takes
1: it personally, and I also don't think he took it very harshly. I mean. Right, he's and I guy. think that's kind of part of the problem with a lot of people have with him. Yeah, maybe football's not the most important exactly. thing to him.
0: He's always going. He, I think he's got a home in Canada. He's up there constantly. You always see him uh, taking pictures in tropical locations. Yeah,
1: and he fancies himself a intellectual, worldly type of guy. Oh yeah, and he,
0: and he, I mean, he's he's starred on the ballers a couple times. He said yeah. he'd like to go into acting. Yeah, things like that. So I mean, he's obviously beyond football. He's he's not gonna be sitting around the house just you're like thinking about the glory days on, on the field. Yeah, you he's know? gonna he's, be doing something fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's I mean he's gonna make all he can get using the talents he's got, but I don't think obviously he's a very passionate guy. You can see that when on the blow-ups that he's had this past yeah. year. But uh, yeah, it's he doesn't live, die,
1: and breathe football. Right. He he'll be fine regardless of if he's playing in the NFL. Or not. Yeah. I mean, he's now got the money thanks to the Jaguars. And, oh yeah. <laughs> and the Dolphins before and the he, Jaguars. And, he, and he'll go to a team. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's still a, solid, still a solid player. I think he's about to turn thirty pretty soon. Uh, he might have just turned twenty nine, one of the two. But um,
0: can he, we? Well, can we go over just real quick? How. Bad the 2015 free agency class was. Yeah.
1: Just a rundown. And I mean, also in terms of attitude, like I just said, not just level of play. Um, Jared Audrick, obviously, we just talked about. Julius Thomas, he's about to be traded uh, to the Miami Dolphins because he's been terrible. And he's also had questionable attitude and work ethic, mm. uh, especially when you look at that belly. Yeah. Look at the lack of separation that he creates when being covered. but uh you then you've know. also got Devon house, who appears to be maybe on his way out yeah. uh, he he had a lot of negative negative <laughs> yeah. words to say during the season about his playing time and he he probably uh wasn't far off in my opinion. I mean, yeah. he had some bad games the first four games, some bad some bad snaps. Uh, while Aaron Colvin was out But you know he, w- he got yanked And he never got back in Yeah, he, uh, He's a guy that led the Jaguars uh, In 2015 With four interceptions He's a guy that set the Jaguars Franchise record yeah, for a well, season pass For passes forward. defended yeah. uh, In 2015 And then he goes to just Being an anonymous guy on the roster it's, he's, he, he might be the fifth corner Yeah, In that rotation yeah, I doubt he'll be here, but no. we'll see. So yeah. who else we got in two thousand fifteen? Jeremy Parnell. Jeremy Parnell. A lot of people don't like Parnell, but he certainly hasn't been a total bust. What we what he was was a backup lineman in Dallas and uh he's he could start on maybe a third of the teams in the NFL in my opinion. Yeah. I mean he's not the worst right tackle in football. Yeah. He's I would yeah, say he's yeah, probably lower third, though. Yeah. The bottom absolutely. third of right tackles in football. Uh, so not a great signing by any stretch of the imagination.
0: And 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 not saying every single signing has to be a home run, but you'd like to hit on some of them, and there was
1: yeah, pretty much. bare bones. Yeah, who else? There was um, more in 2015. Sergio Brown. There. Oh, gosh. <laughs> a lot of Jaguar fans might not even remember Sergio Brown. The most memorable thing he did the was – uh, Give me two claps and a Ric Flair. (laughs) Um, I mean, he was an entertaining guy. He was a fun guy to follow on social media and watch uh, when he wasn't actually playing. Because when he was actually playing at safety for the Jaguars, it wasn't too pretty most of the time. Pretty bad. I mean, the one highlight that most Jaguars fans knew about Sergio Brown before he got to Jacksonville was getting, was getting burned by <laughs> Cecil Shorts and Blaine Gabbert. I, I, I also <laughs> think of him getting thrown out
0: of the club by Rob Gronkowski. Oh, that's <laughs> true. I mean, uh, so
1: yeah. Not Adding to the list, we have Dan Scuda, and he The guy
0: who is better than Miles Jack, apparently.
1: <laughs> I would not say he's been a bust. I would say he's been miscast greatly. Um, in San Francisco, his biggest strength was pass rushing ability, mm-hmm. and the Jaguars just don't send him in on pass rush. It's it's a square peg in a round hole. That's what it is, and it really doesn't make sense as to why they pursued him to play auto. To me, to me, that, when he's clearly a guy that his best suit, his best ability is pass rushing. That
0: I I was under the impression that they would, you know, be bringing him in on pass rushing situations as far as whether otto was more of kind of a um not so much in coverage you know coming in pressure in the quarterback thing like that but it didn't really seem like they
1: really blitzed a lot from any Otto really became a position that wasn't even used very often especially in pass coverage because how often are you going to be in your base formation
0: in today's game
1: not a lot. You're usually running nickel. Most most would say around 70% of the time. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, And if you're unfamiliar, nickel is just when you have an extra defensive back and take off a linebacker. Um, but we got one more. Okay.
0: Maybe the, the gym, <laughs> if you can call it that, of this crazy class, Brian Walters.
1: Brian Walters, what a stud. Uh, (laughs) The highlight, the big
0: money man.
1: He too might not be a Jaguar coming up, but Mm -hmm. not because he hasn't done everything the Jaguars have asked him to do. He's done punt return, he's done kick return, he's played the slot. He never drops anything. Pretty reliable. He's made some really good plays. Um, He did drop one punt return, but... We'll give him a break. <laughs> it was just one bad play throughout his two years, and he's been called upon a lot more than most would have imagined he would have been called upon. But yeah, but like going into 2015, coming off this free
0: agency signing, if Brian Walters is the guy that you were like, yeah, he's probably
1: been the best bank for your buck. That's bad. Yeah, it is.
0: That's real it's bad. It's not good,
1: especially when you sign a Pro Bowl tight end. Yeah, someone who you think can be a pretty dominant end, right end, big end for your defense, and Jared Odrick, somebody who you think's supposed to be a starting cornerback, finally short at the right out. tackle position. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but it's yeah, it's it's it's
1: kind of amazing to see how poorly things turned out after that. Yeah, that 2015 class really haunted the Jaguars. Now. And, you know, what kind of surprises me is, like, Gus Bradley and Dave Caldwell knew what they wanted so much in players, but they seemed like they went out and got players that didn't necessarily fit that in terms of attitude. Yeah. Like, Gus Bradley is a guy that eats, sleeps, and breathes football. Mm -hmm. Did they ever even, did did Caldwell and Bradley ever even talk to him before they signed him? I don't. Julius I mean,
0: Thomas, like, yeah. I, yeah see, that, that, and that's the thing about free agency is that you almost can't meet yeah, it's somebody like the Brock Osweiler. Yeah, thing. you got to offer him before you even get to to meet with him in yeah. person, and so it's you got to be the first one to the table, offer up the biggest plate and hope they take it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I guess part of the bigger issue too with Audric House and also Thomas is they were all guys that were either on their second. Contract or after So you expect them to be the veteran guys That come in and show the other guys the way mm-hmm. And it didn't seem like That was what took place at all Seems like Devon House is the consummate professional In terms yeah. of work ethic But it doesn't really s- resonate With Thomas or uh, I, Or I, Audrick I think Audric was pretty I think he was liked by the other guys I don't know I, I've heard I that he was Guys didn't have a problem with him But they were like it, they they kind of had a little bit of problem. <laughs> like, it was just kind of like he's the odd man out. He's a guy that has a different type of personality it, than other football players. In, in, in today's yeah. locker room. It's like, right. here we go again. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, terrible, terrible free agent class. No question about it. So, getting back to what has been going on with the Jaguars this week, Jared Audrick was due $8.5 million Ooh. this year. Which is really crazy when you consider <sighs> Avery Jones and Roy Miller's contracts combined. They won't make that much this year. When they're two better yeah. players than Jared Autrick, in my estimation.
0: That shows you what
1: the outs- the defensive end position brings. Yeah. But, you know, if you're signing a defensive end for big money, he shouldn't be a run-stuffing defensive end, in my that, opinion. Yeah. It's, He's got to be a guy that can get to the quarterback. The, the and big... Autrick did get five and a half sacks in 2015, but... Didn't he get like four and a half of against Miami? (laughs) No. I think he got one and a half sacks against the Dolphins. But yeah, he did have a game-winning sack against the Dolphins, which was huge for the Jaguars. At the time, uh, it got the Jaguars to one and one and really gave the fans a lot of hope, only to be crushed by the rest of the 2015 season, obviously. But, again, it is what it is. So the Jaguars, prior to cutting... Audric had about sixty-six million dollars in <laughs> cap space. Ridiculous. Now they have well over seventy, I believe, like seventy-three. Just not ish. everybody. Who cares? Yeah, so, money ain't an issue. <laughs> it really isn't. Even I
0: mean, e- and even talking about how bad the two thousand fifteen draft or free agency
1: class was, look at how they're set up now. Right, they're that's not one on the thing bucket. you always have <laughs> to remember with Dave Caldwell, and a lot of it can probably be uh, credited to John Edzik, mm-hmm. but. These guys know what they're doing in terms of signing free agents Bunch of and nerds. structuring contracts. <laughs> they are just expertly crafting contracts left and right to where the team is off the hook if the guy doesn't pan out in a couple years. Yeah, granted, they took a chance on the guys, made it so they had a way out, and yeah. it's
0: not hurting us.
1: Yeah, and that. I mean, you, you net for Thomas, you, you're getting a 7th round pick yeah. this year. You I don't, mean that could that pick could be trade leverage. Yeah, it could be an extra player. Uh, you know, there's guys that are going to be there in the seventh round that will make an impact. Not everybody's going to do it yeah. in the seventh round, but there's going to be seventh round players that have an impact on the 2027. Look at Alan Hearns
0: was a undrafted free agent. Yeah,
1: he very so, well could have been a seventh round. He should have been. He drafted. should have. Been. And if you did a redraft, he'd probably be you know at least top. Uh, and the third round At least, at yeah. least Maybe second round But uh, Yeah so That gets us to really Julius Thomas and Brandon Albert Kind um, of
0: just a swap
1: Yeah I think And a lot of people have been looking at this So the Jaguars tra- Are going to trade once The league year starts on March 9th They're going to trade a 2018 7th round pick For Brandon Albert in a separate trade, they're going to trade Julius Thomas for a 2017 7th round pick. So they're gaining a pick this year, losing a pick next year. It's basically a player for player. Basically. With, I with think, a little bit of I think a 7th round pick this year is worth more than a 7th round pick next year. Yeah. I think it just is. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Right, exactly. <laughs> I really believe it is. Um, and especially this I don't know too much about the 2018 draft class, but this draft class
0: it has seems a ton it. of
1: talent. Yeah. It really does. Um, So what do you think? I mean, Brandon Albert's a 32-year-old left tackle. Um, he obviously has a Pro Bowl pedigree. He pretty much is a prototype left tackle. Yeah. Size, hmm. hands, feet, athleticism. He's got everything you're looking for But he's a 32 year old Pro bowl, Former pro bowler That has struggled with injuries Greatly I, think I he's believe missed he's missed 20 games since 2012 So that's you know, You're looking at like 4 or 5 games a year there Which that's not what you need Yeah, At your left tackle position Arguably the most important position On the offensive line um, What do you think Scott? I mean I'm I'm a little surprised
0: I, I'm I'm not surprised they're attempting to deal Julius Thomas. Um, if you can get something for him, which is essentially you're getting another player that you think can start, that's that's great. I've, that's more than I thought they would be able to. Um, I, I thought they would either keep him, see what they can do with him, or cut him. So getting something for him is great. So in your mind, this is a player-for-player player trade? Basically. Because the seventh-round picks, it's, One's this year and one's next year. Yeah. It's I it's see it a little slightly. differently.
1: Um I, I, the reason I see it a little differently is because both players were gonna get cut.
0: Yeah. You're and, not loo- you're not losing anything.
1: Yeah, both players were gonna get cut and both teams were just like, Oh, Julius Thomas is a fit for the Dolphins. We'll take a seventh round pick. Yeah. Brandon Albert's a fit for the Jaguars. We'll take a seventh-round pick. You know, it just kind of worked out that way. I don't really necessarily see it as player for player in terms of, in the Jaguars' mind, I don't think they traded Julius Thomas for Brandon Albert. I think they got value for Julius Thomas, who they were going to cut. Yeah. And 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 I think the the same thing for the Dolphins. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And to me, it's it's more surprising that – it's not surprising to me that they went out and bolstered their offensive line – it's surprising that they went and and traded for a 32 year old guy who's, you know, been getting. He's over the past couple of years. He's he's been missing games. Yeah. Versus a guy, I, I think Beecham. Was he 27, 28?
1: Just turned 27. 27.
0: Um, now he's coming off a torn ACL. Uh, he did miss a couple games this year, uh, but I thought he performed well. Um, I, Formed at
1: least average. Yeah, at least better than any Jaguars. Well, let's just be honest. Better than Luke Jokel. Yes. Better than any Jaguar since Eugene Monroe. Yeah. the, only, the only guy since <laughs> Eugene Monroe was Luke Jokel.
0: Yeah. So I mean, it it, it surprises me. I it, it doesn't surprise me that Tom Tom Coughlin wants a guy who's a more prototyp prototypical left tackle. Right. Uh, Beecham's more of a smaller guy. Um, he's, not, he's not the big mauler, like the big franchise left tackle that you, you look at him and say, oh, yeah, yeah. that guy's going to. Yeah, you look at Brandon Albert, and you're like, that's yeah. my left tackle. And, he, and he's proven himself against some of the best pass rushers in the league. No question. So, I mean, no I, could, I can understand from that aspect, but just in a value sense, looking forward to the franchise, how many more years does Brandon Albert have? You've got to hope for three. At the most, at least, yeah. that, I like. Which would also mean signing him to an to. Make, I don't know if
1: you're restructuring his contract I'm, or I'm or adding. Confident years. they are. They're going to be paying him more money than he made for the Dolphins. A. Because uh, it's been released that they are working on yeah. redoing the contract. B. Will they extend him? I don't know. Uh, but you if, might as well make a. You might as well make a player-friendly deal at the beginning for the next couple of years, and then again, like the Jaguars regularly do, give yourself a way out mm. after a couple of years. Let's
0: say he's, he's a Jaguar for two years before he's either out of league or not on his team anymore, and he's a top 15 tackle.
1: To lose a guy like Julius, I'll take that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's a home run. Absolutely. If he's a top half of the league player he doesn't have left to th- tackle oh, yeah. for the Jaguars next year, you hit a home run. Yeah. He doesn't have to be the franchise. He doesn't have
0: to be the future. Right. Just make it, have a contribution, a noticeable difference on that offensive line, and it's worth it. Because you can draft a guy and groom him to be his replacement. Yeah. And that's what you see good teams doing, is drafting for their upcoming free agents and impending you know, older
1: players that right. they just need to start phasing out. Absolutely. Um, I think, I think, I actually wrote an article about, is Brandon Al- is Brandon Albert, it's so hard not to say Brandon yeah. Albert. <laughs> Jaguars backup quarterback. Shout out to you, Brandon. Uh, but, is Brandon Albert truly an upgrade? It depends on how you look at it. Uh... In terms of just the level of play that Brandon Albert displays on the field versus the level of play that Calvin Beecham puts on the field that you watch on tape, it's not close. Brandon Albert is a far superior player. There's no question about that. Anyone who tells you otherwise doesn't know football. However, the injuries are a major concern, and the age is a major concern. The answer is he truly an upgrade? We don't know. Is so, if he starts sixteen games for the Jaguars next year, is he an upgrade? Yeah. Yeah. If he starts eight, and he's kind of injured for the and uh, he's in and out of injury, that's not what you want. You don't want a revolving door at left tackle. You know, it's a big risk reward situation for the Jaguars. Look,
0: mentioning uh, it just. I don't know. I just thought as you're well, as you're you saying that, it to me, it almost says we'll take Brandon Allen's two to three years. Albert, Bra- jeez,
1: <laughs> drink every time every
0: time you do that. That's a new drinking new game Jaguars right. drinking game. Um, we 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 value Brandon Albert's two or three years and potentially more. He could he could keep playing until he's bicentennial yeah. man.
1: There's there's guys that have done it. At yeah. his position.
0: Oh, yeah. But it, to me, it tells me they'd rather take what they know. They, they don't feel confident that Beecham is going to be that level player for an extended period of time. Any period of time, in my opinion. Because when you take a guy who's five years older, who has arguably a much shorter shelf life, over somebody who's younger that is in the building and perform well, they, they don't see him panning out. To what Brandon Allen couldn't
1: Albert God, drink I again. <laughs> uh, I, I'm in agreement with you there. And another thing to keep in mind regarding Brandon Albert's injuries <laughs> is since 2012, he has been very injury prone. But the first four years of his career, he only missed four games total. So is this a string of bad luck or is it him getting older? If it's a string of bad luck, that can easily turn around. You've seen it for yeah. tons of guys where they're labeled injury-prone and then yeah, all of a sudden the, the the injuries stop happening and they uh, they play pretty much injury-free the rest of their career. You also see it happen the other way where the guy's injury-prone and he keeps being injury-prone until his career's over. Yeah, I mean, So it could happen either way for the Jags there. To me, in, being
0: injury-prone is just... It's kind of... It's it's thrown around a lot. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I believe it as much. I, obviously, you know, there's people that show
1: a history of reoccurring injuries. Right. Soft tissue is the yeah. really scary ones. Because if you're getting soft tissue injuries in the same spot, that's... Yeah. There's a reason for that. and to, But to, to me, it's just...
0: It's, it's it's a lot of luck. Yeah. Some, some no players just don't get hurt. Yeah. Because they, they, they put themselves in a position where they fall a different way or they don't get hit as hard as another guy. It, being injury prone, it, it could just be, uh, you know, maybe I didn't rehab quite as long as I should have. Um, you know, maybe I should have gotten in the cold tub a little bit more. Just it,
1: it, there's a million different things. that. At you know, this point, I think Brandon Albert probably knows all the ends of outs and dealing yeah. with his injury and getting back as fast as possible. And getting back to 100% as well. So, honestly, do we know how this is going to turn out? Hell no. (laughs) Hell no, we don't know. But should there be optimism that the Jaguars just got perhaps a top 10 left tackle? Yeah. Yeah. Should there be optimism that if Brandon Albert is healthy for 2017... Should there be optimism that the Jaguars now have the most talented left tackle that they have put on the field since Tony Baselli? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, they've had other good left tackles. Eugene Monroe was serviceable, at worst serviceable. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, Kalief Barnes was a really good left tackle for a while. They've had other good left tackles. But make no mistake, Brandon Albert is the most talented left tackle the Jaguars have had since Tony And I'm not saying he's anywhere close to Baselli's talent, but he's closer than anybody else the Jaguars have had. Yeah. There's no question about that. Now, Julius Thomas, I don't think anybody's sad to see him go. Good that we got a seventh-round pick. It's more sad to see the potential go. what yes. he could have been more yeah. than what we actually got. Absolutely. No question about that. Now we've seen the Tom Coughlin effect in full force already (laughs) Last week we touched on the fact that uh, There's a little bit new feeling around the offices and locker rooms There's no hats in the offices, even from players There's no shorts by staff in the office You're wearing slacks Um, Staff members are working six days a week instead of five days a week now this week, you see the Tom Coughlin effect, as and if you're not on board, you're gone. Yeah. Jared Audrick's gone. He's a guy that many have, many have believed that he's been unhappy, or at least just not super into what's been going on in Jacksonville. And not around the community, but with the team specifically. Mm-hmm. Around the community, Jared great. Audrick is just great. Uh, and same thing with Julius Thomas. Didn't really seem to be a fit around this team, around this organization. It's gone. Yeah. Both two talented guys. And they're both gone. And uh, Jalen Ramsey tweeted, had to make sacrifices this week. (laughs) Allen Robinson tweeted, do it for the culture. Now, there's no context with these tweets, but it's fair to believe that they could have been impacted by what's been going on with the Jaguars. Yeah. And Dave Wydell, former Jaguar player, does believe that. He believes that Coughlin's probably already sat down with Jalen Ramsey and Malik Jackson and said, Jalen, you you be the mouthpiece. Jackson, you be the leader by example, and let's roll. And uh, that's what Dave Wydell thinks. He was talking about that on 9.30 a.m. on Harp on Sports the other day. Uh, And he believes that Allen Robinson... Uh, you know, had some issues with maybe the rest of the team last year having the meeting yeah. between him and Hackett and Bortles by themselves. But uh, he believes Robinson needs to step up and be the leader on the offense. And As I, he should. I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. I think he's the most talented player on the Jaguars' offense, and he, he needs to definitely behave that way. Um, At skill position. Okay, yeah, Brandon, Brandon might Letter be the best might be player. more talented. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> now, the Jaguars no longer have a proven receiving tight end. They really don't have a proven tight end at the moment at all. Mercedes Lewis is They've proven. got some nice pieces. He's old. Uh, he's a good blocker. He can have a little bit of impact in the receiving game. Mm-hmm. He's getting up there in age. You don't know if he's always going to be healthy, how he's going to be playing. And he, he's he's not going to burn anyone in, in coverage, that's yeah. for sure. Then you've got who uh, Ben Koyak, who will now be a third-year player. Uh, good balanced tight end. Yeah. He can run routes. He can block. He can pretty much do everything. He's your balanced tight end. Uh, traditional tight end. Um, you go from one, one extreme, one in the middle And then right. and we're then, going to the other end of the yeah. spectrum So, Mercedes is the super run blocker Or, not run blocker, but just blocker in general He's actually more efficient in pass blocking situations mm. than run blocking um, Then you've got Koyak in the middle, who's balanced Then on the other end of it, you've got Sterling Who's also going to be a third-year player uh, Neil Sterling, converted wide receiver he played well, and yeah. so did Koyak. All three of these guys played well in 2016. Um, all of their catch percentages were around 60% or above. I think Koyak actually caught 19 of 24 targets, huh. uh, which is really impressive. And Sterling, 12 of 16 targets on the year. So that's impressive numbers from two guys that were really afterthoughts heading into the season. Um, I think both of them moving forward need to be in consideration for having a role on this team and having an impact, and not just being on the roster but actually playing. Yeah, Sterling are- has proven that he has the athleticism to yeah. get open and make really plays that you don't see from tight ends very often. You you can tell he, he was
0: a he was a wide receiver
1: yeah. in college. And Koyak is a balanced guy who hasn't done anything to make you think he can't do it. Yeah these, Everything that he's shown has shown that he can do it These
0: guys are going to be These guys will be contributors They're just not exactly The ones that you're going to You want to You know Be relying on Right
1: um, And that's what they were What they will be We don't know the, Sterling and Koyak Could develop into One hell of a tandem At tight end Yeah We don't know at this point and, There's yeah. no signs That say they won't be There's some signs That say they Say they could be Yeah and you don't, you don't need a top-tier
0: superstar playmaker at tight end. No,
1: especially exams. not when you've got Marquise exactly. Lee, Allen Robinson, and Allen Hearns on the outside, and then you've got Leonard Fournette or Dalvin Cook running the ball. <laughs> 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 yes. No, but in all honesty, you really don't, and especially not with the way the Jaguars offense has looked yeah. in the last couple of years and with... The way that, it, that the Bills operated under Marone and Hackett. Ooh. So, you don't have to have the star tight end. It's nice. But it, it you else. might want one. If you could get a fo- good football player,
0: give him. Give yeah. him to me. Come on.
1: Now, there's some interesting tight ends that are set to be free agents. Um, by far, the most interesting is one of the Bennett brothers. Martellus Bennett from the New England Patriots. He's traveled around the league a little bit in his day. Cowboys, Bears, Giants, Patriots. But he had a hell of a season with the Patriots last year. Yeah. Struggled through injury at the end of the season, but 55 passes for 700 yards and seven touchdowns. My God. Granted. If that is what <laughs> Julius Thomas had done for the Jaguars, people would be raving about it. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: You know? But. Gr- Rob Garkowski. Probably
0: the guy who would steal a vast majority of those touches without for
1: most of the year. Yeah, but look what his backup did. Yeah, and this I mean, thing. in my opinion, they're not even necessarily like. No, they're. they're Gronk's Bennett. the starter, and Bennett's the backup. Bennett, it's one a one. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots have been doing that for a while. They did it with Bennett this year. They did it with uh, Chandler the year before. Yeah. Or has Bennett been for the Patriots two years, or was this his first year? I believe this was the first year. Anyways, the Patriots know how to use two tight ends if they've got the two good tight ends. Um, He's set to be an unrestricted free agent. He's soon to be 30 years old, so he's not necessarily a let's throw five years, you know, big contract at him. But he's a guy you might sign to a three or four year deal. Yeah. And, uh he's very well rounded he, he can block yeah. and he's a great receiver You know he's a great receiver But what you don't see is the dirty work he puts in He's a solid blocker He's yeah. not just like He's not what you normally think of as a tight end these days He's actually balanced mm-hmm. And that's what Gronk is too But it, it's crazy Those guys are balanced tight ends But they're also two of the best receiving tight ends yeah. in football Which is just pretty mind blowing for the Patriots And how lucky the Patriots fans have been up there lately uh, Jack Doyle, another really interesting guy from the Indianapolis Colts. The uh, Jaguar killer. Yeah, wow. it's always it would always be nice to steal the Colt. I
0: remember just screaming know? at my t- at my TV. Who in the hell is Jack Doyle? <laughs> yeah. Get off my TV! Yeah, I couldn't stand this guy.
1: No question. Before
0: he before, like he's like before he started making a name for himself, I was just like, "There's no way Jack, a guy named Jack Doyle is." beating the piss out of us. yeah. But he
1: was doing it, and he still does it. No question. Uh, he had a really strong season this year. He got a lot of snaps uh, in 2016. He got 80 per, 82% of the balls thrown his way, which that's just ridiculous, even for a tight end. 584 yards, five touchdowns. He only had three drops despite being targeted 100 uh 104 times so that's pretty impressive for a tight end and um, he's only 26 so he's a guy that you could sign to a long-term deal be- if you wanted to uh he's going to be an inline yeah he's a, he's a ba- balanced guy too he's not not near the receiving threat of Martellus Bennett or yeah, a would, lot of other tight ends you wouldn't ends. really put
0: him out in a slot or right. anywhere else he'd be
1: but He's an inline tight end that can be an effective receiver and is a good blocker, which could potentially be what they're what the Jaguars are looking for. Yeah, that might make the most sense for the Jaguars because the Jaguars struggled so much trying to use Julius Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, and be able to highlight Julius Thomas's skills. Maybe Jack Doyle's the perfect type of guy for him. Uh, now, the three three guys we're about to get to here. Certainly are not in-line tight ends. No. Um, Jared Cook, he had a real emergence at the end of last season for the Packers in their last four games. He had 22 catches for 285 yards and three scores. He's inconsistent as hell. He's about to be 30 years old. He doesn't inspire anything exciting except... He will make some big plays throughout the year. There's no question if you, about that. If you watch the Packers in the last couple of games and in the playoffs,
0: if that if he did what he did yeah. year-round, and you could rely on him to do that consistently, well, it'd be he would Hall be a Hall of Famer. He, un, without question. He's one of the most athletic, freak-athlete tight ends that the league has probably ever seen. Yeah. But you've got to be able to rely on him. And yeah, that, you you, that has been something that's throughout his career, whether it's Tennessee, L.A., now the Packers,
1: it's, it's, it's been the same thing everywhere he goes. No question. And then you've got Jacob Tamme, who's a very effective player when he's on the field. Yeah. He's always injured. He's soon to be 32. Uh, but, you know, if the Jaguars just want to take a flyer on a guy that could help impact the passing game... Tammy's maybe that guy. Yeah, there's another guy right below him on our list here who is 33. A much bigger name, but Vernon Davis, fading star. He had a real reemergence, in my opinion, last year with the Redskins. He really, he was impressive. He he caught 44 passes, I believe. Uh, He broke a ton of tackles, which just goes to show you a little bit about his. Still got it. (laughs) Yeah, his yards after catch ability and, you know, really making an impact after he gets the ball in his hands. Um, So these are some guys that you could look at in free agency. There's some other guys, too. Anthony Fasano, he's up there in years and he could be a good inline tight end for you. But, yeah, I mean, like. In my opinion, beyond Martellus Bennett and Jack Doyle. You're really not getting someone who's going to be a major impact player. Yeah, they'll, they'll be another piece player that yeah. you, can, you can utilize in certain
0: situations. Um, it's not going to be the highlight of the offense.
1: And you don't necessarily need that. Yeah. Now, we have got our top college tight ends <laughs> that are going to be in the NFL draft this year. And unlike... The uninspiring free agent list we just showed you. This is a list. I love draft draft talk. I can't get enough of it. This is a hell of a list. (laughs) Now, almost all of these guys are pretty much just going to be receiving threats. They're not necessarily going to be inline tight ends. But you're not drafting an inline tight end in the top three or four rounds, generally speaking.
0: It's going to be a playmaker, a pass-catching kind of guy. Now, we have... It looks like, looking at our list, we have three of the same players. Okay. And we have two outliers
1: each. All right. So, we've both got OJ Howard. Obviously. Now, if to. the Jaguars wanted to go get OJ Howard, they would have to take him with the fourth pick or trade back in the draft. <sighs> so, basically, it's really unlikely that yeah. the Jaguars are going to get OJ Howard. Yeah. I However, think. if they did take him with the fourth pick, I don't think it would be a reach in terms of talent. Yeah. Yeah. He's that talented. Tight ends just don't go that high usually, but you know he's got everything. Six foot six, two hundred fifty pounds. Uh, he can really fly on the football field, as evidenced in his uh, two thousand and fifteen national <sighs> championship performance. Yeah. Uh, or two thousand and sixteen, I should say. But um, there's not really any big glaring holes in his game. Yeah. The only thing you can really look at is not huge production mm-hmm. at Alabama. But Alabama's offense doesn't cater itself yeah. to huge numbers from tight ends. And, and look how um, many playmakers they have around them. Right. And the real question is regarding his love for the game. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. There's been questions about that. And even some NFL general managers anonymously have stated that, uh, you know, show me your love for the game. And yeah, uh, he, sky's he's, the limit. I, he, he's, he's not the most
0: aggressive blocker. Yeah. I've seen he, he, he doesn't really drive into the blocks. He just kind of soaks them. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, that's you're not drafting a guy in the top ten because of
1: his blocking ability. No question. It's, he, he has to be a playmaker and a difference maker. Yeah. Day one. So, um, and a lot of these guys, it's so funny, they draw comparisons to guess who? <laughs> Julius Thomas. Julius you know, Thomas. I saw that too, and I was like, wow. Well, The thing about it is any draft guy is going to be able to compare any guy that's a former basketball player that has height, that has a little bit of speed, and just runs seam routes and uh, just is able to be a big play weapon on offense and not really a blocker. Oh yeah, let's compare him to Julius Thomas. (laughs) What they don't realize is Julius Thomas has zero hip flexibility, and he can't separate Oh yeah, OJ All is... of these players can separate. Yeah, no question about it. And he's he's he's
0: very much more of. I would imagine him running a route, not rounding it off so much, being able to sit, drop his hips, and turn on a dime. Yeah, I, he's much more capable of doing that to me.
1: Now speaking of guys that can drop the hip on a dime, <laughs> David Joku and Joku. However, you pronounce that guy's last name from the University of Miami, is going to be a stud in the NFL. athlete. He is a couple inches shorter than OJ Howard, but he is cut, (laughs) and he is fast. I believe he's faster than Howard. And I think he's just going to be a dynamite receiving tight end in the NFL. He's looking at a first or second round pick right now. It's rare to see two tight ends go in the first round, but this could legitimately happen this year. Yeah. Joku is just a stud. Uh, and he at two forty-five could potentially be physical enough to line up in line and actually have an impact blocking. A lot of a lot of people are saying he he can add ten downs to his frame. Yeah. And and not lose a step. So that's a <laughs> hell of a prospect right there. OJ Howard is amazing. Joku, same story. Same story with Gerald Everett. Uh this Who? guy <laughs> Yes, Gerald Everett, Southern Alabama. Uh now he's not he's closer to a wide receiver than a Njoku or O.J. Howard is. Both of those guys are actual tight ends. Gerald Everett's six three, only two hundred thirty pounds. Um uh, he is just a dynamite pass catching tight end, former basketball star, of course. Ooh. Uh And he tore it up in the FCS at Southern Alabama. was a really, really big-time threat for them. And he is just going to show out at the combine. He's going to be explosive. He's going to be fast. He's going to do it all. Uh, He's a guy that probably, you're looking at second round. I would be pretty shocked if you got him in the first round along with David Njoku and OJ Howard. It just doesn't happen. But uh, he's good enough to be drafted in the 20s or early 30s. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, I I, I haven't seen as much. On, was he at the Senior Bowl? I don't I don't remember. I'm sure. Honestly, so many players on the Senior Bowl <laughs> rosters I cannot remember. And tight end wasn't something we were worried about when the Senior Bowl came. Around. Yeah, this is true. We were we were really focusing on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, who have you got? You've obviously got Howard and Njoku at the top, yeah. right?
0: This is this is the first part where we kind of deviate yeah. a little bit. Um, you've got Gerald Everett. I've got Jake Butt. Jake Butt. I like Jake Butt. He, he he tore I I think he tore his ACL. Yeah. It was in the last game. Um, he's he's not Njoku. He's not going to blow your socks off. He's not going to he's not going to go down the seam and and just blow the doors off a linebacker.
1: And he's probably like Third, fourth.
0: With this injury, yeah, he's probably gonna be third or fourth round round pick. Um, But this guy, he will absolutely he can he just sneaks his way into the weak spots of the zone and he will pick you apart.
1: Yeah,
0: if you if you just sit off of him and he will
1: catches everything. Yeah, he's he's a capable blocker. Um, He would out of all the guys we've talked about so far, he would be the most. line tight end that we've gone, yeah, that we've talked about in terms of these draft picks, which
0: is probably another reason why not only with his ACL injury is that he's not looking, he's not looked at as a guy who you can really spend a first or second pick on, right? Um, but this guy, he's made a name for himself, Mm -hmm. and he's very well respected. He's a guy who is going to be a solid football player, I think. Um, and to spend a third round pick on him, even coming off an ACL, I think would be gangbusters.
1: Yeah. I love the guy. I like him too. I think he's your consummate balance tight end. Yeah. Uh, my next guy, Evan Ingram, Ole Miss, led the team with 65 catches this year. <laughs> he's another move tight end. Six foot three, 235 pounds. He's probably a second or third rounder as well. Third round, I would kind of almost be surprised if he lasts till the third round. What, what do you he's think about this comparison? Athlete. Jordan Reed. I saw that, that I comparison. Heard that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is a comparison he's drawing, yeah. whether it be fair or not. Evan Ingram is a guy that is going to be a move tied in that's going to create matchup nightmares you can in terms put him, of his athleticism. You can put him all over the formation. Yep. he's
0: He, he, can, he can do it all as far as... Pass catching ability, um, it's it's something where if if you, I don't know if the Jaguars are necessarily looking for that, but he's 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 a playmaker.
1: Yeah, no question. Now who you got?
0: Um, next, I got uh, Jordan Leggett, Clemson. Um, he's again gonna be he, he's a, he's a bit bigger. He's you know six five, almost two sixty. Listen to this. He dropped two passes in the last two seasons.
1: That That's is impressive. unreal.
0: Yeah. He's, you know, he's going to be a third or fourth round pick because even he admitted himself, his lazy. effort. Yeah. He's his effort's set, been a question. He admitted he was lazy. But when you look, when you put on the tape, this, the national championship game, some of the plays that he made.
1: Yeah.
0: It's unreal. He, he, he's,
1: he's a playmaker, but that... Whole attitude type thing is, and that's why he's going very to scary to me. It's very it's, scary. To teams me. are
0: going to have to take a chance on it and hope they
1: can and strike the right chord yeah. to get this guy to really lock lock in. Now, my next guy, one of the most most interesting guys to me because he's six foot seven, two hundred forty five pounds. Uh, that two hundred forty five pounds is non muscular. Yeah. He very much needs to add functional weight at six seven, uh, in order to, in order to become any sort of guy that could line up in line and be a blocker um, but good hands uh, he, he's just a, you don't find guys that are six foot seven that can run and catch the ball very often. that's how big dude so for me oh you're goodness. looking at maybe like third fourth fifth round for Bucky Hodges out of Virginia Tech um, he could be interesting. Uh, I'm not nearly as excited about him as Ingram, Everett, Joku, or Howard, but he could be an interesting guy if the Jaguars want to take a later round flyer. Yeah, on a tight end. I,
0: I got I got a couple other guys that might right. be interesting later round flyers. I'll go over them real quick because we run out of time. Uh, Jeremy Sprinkle, the Belk guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, we talked about him. He stole from Belk right before he played in the Belk Bowl, or That's right before it. he was supposed to play in the Belk Bowl. Huge red flag. Yeah,
0: um, can do it all. Probably the best line, probably the best blocking tight end we've we've talked about yet so far. Um, huge yeah, hands, Michael
1: Roberts. Who I see there.
0: On your list. <laughs> well, I'll get to him. <laughs> He's got huge hands, almost eleven inch hands. Um, can catch anything. Um, going to be obviously an inline guy. Uh, Michael Roberts at a Toledo, six four two sixty. He's going to be a late round guy. He's going to be a project. He had one productive season at Toledo, but. In his career, eighty percent of his catches were for first down, which you is like that. which is mind-boggling. Yeah, this past season, thirty-five percent of his catches went for touchdowns. He's yeah, gonna be a project. That is also ridiculous. Yeah, he's gonna be a project. You're gonna have to nurse him along, but he's got the body and the skill set. And did I mention he's got even almost twelve-inch hands, which even is
1: bigger than Sprinkle, which is unreal.
0: Yeah, when all these guys are probably gonna be averaging right around ten, that's. Man, that's, he, he's going to make that
1: football right, look like a Hands are ball. huge for receivers. If you've yeah. got big hands, it's easier to catch the ball. Yeah. Bottom line. As long as your fingers aren't like <laughs> <Yeah>. discombobulated <laughs> or something. But even discombobulated fingers can work. Just ask Torrey Holt. Torrey Holt, yeah. <laughs> that's good stuff. Now, that's pretty much going to do it for our show today. I want to remind everyone, uh, February 28th is the deadline to renew your season tickets and get loyalty pricing. So if you do not renew before February 28th, your season ticket price will go up. So go ahead and renew. And make sure to renew in uh, Section 216 with Generation Jaguar. The official seating section of Generation Jaguar is 216. To find out more information about that, go to our website, genjag.com. Go to the Game Day tab. And then click on the nice little link that says Sit With Us. You'll find out more information. You'll be able to get the phone number. I'll tell it to you right now, 633-5308, and you'll be calling Ben at the Jaguars. He'll be able to hook you up, uh, get you seated right next to Gen Jag, and you'll be all good to go for the next season. Um, again, you can follow Gen Jag at Generation Jaguar on Facebook and Instagram, at Generation Jag on Twitter. And again, go to the website, jenjag.com for all the latest news and analysis. Scott Klein, you can find at klein one on uh, Twitter. You can find me, Jordan DeLugo, at Jordan DeLugo on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And um, you can find Hunter, who's not here, at Hunter underscore Evans underscore seven. Boo. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.
0: <laughs> Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.